Let's do it. This is Buccaneers Total Access, Total Access with head coach Bruce Arians. Dropping back to throw Brady. Has all kinds of time. Throws a deep pass far sideline toward Godwin. It's caught. Touchdown Tampa Bay. Chris Godwin. Brought to you by Advent Health. With award-winning care and a network of convenient locations, Advent Health is here to help you feel whole. Learn more at yourcareyournetwork.com. Fire the cannons. Now your host, Bucks team reporter Casey Phillips and head coach Bruce Arians. First of all, Coach, congratulations on advancing, and uh, that's that's got to be a pretty fun game to be a part of the way it played out. Yeah, there was no doubt that was one of the best first halves, uh, really first three quarters we played all year, and uh, it came at the right time, and boy, the fans were fantastic. Yeah, quite a difference in having some home playoff games as compared to last year. Did you already sense that feeling, and did that cross your mind during Oh, the yeah, game? you could feel the excitement when you're driving into the stadium, and it's so different than going into a dark, empty one. Of course, one of the things we talked about about why it would be so nice to have all these home playoff games is theoretically you live where the, the land of, of good weather this time of year, and then all week it's saying, oh, it's going to be so windy, and it might rain, it's going to be a little bit chillier. So this, the storyline became that, oh, this is going to benefit the team that has the number one rushing offense in the league and you know not going to be able to pass and all stuff. So why did that not come to fruition? Well, we got, we got a little break on the, on the weather, and, uh, you know, the wind didn't bother me at all. I knew it was going to bother Tom because he's played in way worse conditions, <laughs> yeah. you know. Uh, once the rain got out of, out of the forecast, uh, it was business as usual. Let's go no huddle on this roll. When you guys were preparing leading into the game, uh, how much does wind typically factor into what you try to do, and does it change? Yeah, it does. And, um, you know, the rain-wind combination, we had two basically different game plans for mm. the first quarter. And once it cleared up, we went with the one that, uh, that we liked the most anyway. You know, going into the game, the Eagles had given up the second most first quarter points in the NFL this season. And uh, I know you guys had wanted a much quicker start than last week, and you definitely got that. Why do you think particularly the, the fast start was so different this week for you guys? Well, yeah, we've been starting on defense. And um, this one, they won the toss. We got the ball. And, uh, you know, we, did, we talked about third down. Third down was going to be critical, both sides of the ball, to get off to a fast start. Now, fast start doesn't necessarily mean you, you have to have one to win, but it sure helps. So getting that fast start was scoring those first three drives was big. And I think a lot of times to get a fast start, you might think about it meaning there's some pretty big pass plays or that that overall in the air is where you really get started but for you guys to get you know Keyshawn Vaughn gets a 17 yard gain on the ground to start the game why in particular do you think the rush game was able to come to such a fast start yeah it was a little bit of how they were playing us too you know with our big guys in there they were staying in nickel a little bit cracked a couple runs and uh, just really converted third downs and had a real nice tempo to the start of the game. And Gio Bernard, a heck of a time for him to be able to come back. First game back, 13 rushes, 44 yards and a touchdown. He had five catches for 39 yards, including a 22-yarder. What did you think of his ability to come in after missing so much time and have a game like that? I've been watching him work so hard to get back, and uh, conditioning wasn't going to be an issue for him because he's been working. It's just whether or not he could hold up, uh, like I said, Band-Aids and duct tape with him. And uh, he had so much tape on his legs, it was, uh, it was like the mummy in practice all week. But uh, no, he's a, he's, a, he's a war horse, man. He's, he's a tough veteran guy. I feel like Band-Aids and duct tape is not a bad sort of subtitle for this whole season for you guys. <laughs> it really has been. And uh, tell us especially about his touchdown and take us through that play. Yeah, again, it was a, it was a good uh, goal line run, and uh, we had great blocking, and uh, you know, Tom did a good job of putting us in the right play. When you talked about bringing Gio in, 
and what he could bring to this offense. Does this game in particular feel like the best example of what you guys had hoped he could be and, and knew he could be? Yeah, we knew he was a solid runner and, and a good receiver. And, uh, you know, five catches, the big play on the screen, uh, those were huge plays. That big third down, the last play, you know, of the game. And uh, just all around heck of a football player and a really quality person. At what point did you know he was going to be available, and, and how did that sort of more last-minuteness to it, I guess, affect the game plan? Uh, it really wasn't because after Thursday's practice, we knew he was ready, and it was just when we activated those guys. Uh, but he was more than ready on Thursday's practice. Okay. And then Keyshawn Vaughn, another guy that we've seen lately been asked to step up in, in big ways. He had a, a couple catches. He had 17 carries for 53 yards and a touchdown as well. Uh, what did you see from his game? Really solid, really solid in, in run game, pass game, pass protection. Uh, he's really maximized his opportunity when he's gotten it. And uh, how about his touchdown? Take us through that play. Yeah, another really, really well blocked play. I mean, he went in standing up, and uh, it was a great job by the two tight ends on that side and, the t and Josh Wells, who was really the unsung hero of the game. Yeah, and for Keyshawn, I mean, outside of just, of course, getting more opportunities, where have you seen him grow this year and the progress he's made to be in a position to take advantage of those opportunities? Yeah, coming out of camp, I, I knew he, he could play. It was just, what are you going to get his opportunities? And, uh, you know, with, with Rowan and Lenny both hurt, uh, he's been more than dependable. Uh, so now looking at um, Mike Evans, I mean, it's so funny how I feel like with both him and Tom, Every week there is some new record or mark that we can talk about, and I keep wondering when we're going to run out of these, and I, I love that we haven't so far, but now Mike Evans has broken the Bucks' postseason single-game reception record with nine. Why was he available that often and able to take such a higher advantage of that matchup against Darius Slay than the last time you guys faced the Eagles? Yeah, it was a combination of our running game forcing them to play single coverage on him. And uh, I, don't, I don't believe there's anybody that can cover Mike one-on-one -on -one and hold him down. Uh, so it's just a matter of getting them into a seven-man box and making them stop the run and opening Mike up one-on-one. -on -one. We're talking to head coach Bruce Arians, and uh, how about Mike Evans' touchdown? And uh, I'm, I'm sure, was there maybe a discussion with him about uh, not flipping into the end zone moving forward? I <laughs> no. imagine your heart made, might have stopped for a second there. <laughs> yeah, I just uh, don't hurt anything for sure. Uh, yeah, the play was really designed to go to Jalen Darden, and it, it worked so good in practice, and he was wide open too. Tom just saw the, pre the pressure uh, that they were bringing and saw Mike just flash right because Mike wasn't really the first read except for that coverage and um, was just threw a perfect ball. And uh, did you at least tell him that you did enjoy the style points he got for that? Uh, yeah, not really. They yeah. weren't really, it wasn't really a good flip, yeah. you know, <laughs> just hand the ball to the kids like you always do. Yeah, you, you could obviously do a better flip, am <laughs> no. I right? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, and then I saw the nine different receiving targets and I think you guys hit that number pretty early in the game. Uh, was it the plan? to spread it around that much or what led to that, especially so early in the game? Uh, no, it's never the plan because you never know how they're going to play. It's just Tom delivering the ball to the guys that are open. And uh, he knows when Mike's one-on-one, -on -one, he's going he's gonna to be open. He actually had him deep a couple of times. And I think the win, you know, was like, yeah, I'm not going to throw it deep. I'll just take this short one. Mm -hmm. And Scotty Miller, uh, big time special teams hit for him, helped him off that punt, get us the recovery by Ross Cockrell. I'm assuming you did draft Scotty Miller purely for his hitting ability, right? That's definitely, you know, yeah. when we when we first talked about putting him in as a gunner, I'm like, Ugh. <laughs> you know, he's, he's not that big, yeah. you know, and uh, but he's got that great speed and he has shown up twice now, caused two fumbles and uh, 
that was a big, big play and changed that game. What is it in particular that seemed to work kind of well for your Titans against the Eagles or, or what they have kind of struggled with going against them? Yeah, it's that pick your poison. If you're going to double cover Mike and play a two-deep shell, then you're going to play those tight ends one-on-one. And uh, whether it be zone or man, I love that matchup. And Gronk, another touchdown, adding for him. Uh, tell us about that play. Yeah, that's a play we've run for years and years, and it's a hard play action. And when you get in the goal line, it's really hard for those linebackers to do both. You either sell out for the run or you sell out for the pass, and uh, they sold out for the run. And Gronk, another guy that every week we have new fun records to talk about. And uh, this, this week I think these are kind of interesting because he's now uh, has the fourth most receiving yards in NFL postseason history and the second most receiving touchdowns in NFL postseason history. And these are not among tight ends. These are among everybody. So the one he's second in, he's trailing only Jerry Rice. It's, it's ridiculous. It's one thing, again, to have these things where he's now the top tight end to do something. But tell us why he is such a good receiver that he is beating out almost every other even wide receiver in NFL history for some of these stats. Yeah, and you know, it's amazing because he's missed a lot of games in his career. Yeah. It, uh, but when Think he's out there, he could be. He, he, yeah, he can flat catch the ball and he has great chemistry with Tom. So uh, nothing surprised me with those two guys and just breaking their own records all the time. Yep, and of course, your O-line. Um, probably the, the only negative moments of the game, not just letting it be a total celebration the whole time. So uh, tell us about uh, Tristan Wirfs and Ryan Jensen's injuries and uh, just how that went in terms of, you know, Jensen's decision to come back in, Tristan trying to come back in, coming back out, and how that all played out. Yeah, I, I was scared to death it was an Achilles on, on Tristan, but it ended up being a high ankle sprain, and uh, he thought he could go. They worked him out behind the bench and said, yeah, he can go. He couldn't go. Yeah. And, uh, and Ryan's just tough as nails. Uh, his ankle wasn't quite as severe. It's a little sore today, though. But uh, we'll see how they are this week. So, yeah, when do you think you might know more about their likelihood of, or if you were to try to you know, be a betting man, of, of their odds of one or both of them going? I probably won't know anything until Friday. It's going to take that, that long for, you know, get them out of the boot and get them walking on it and see how they can play. And so how did you think the O-line played when they were in there and then with guys having to come in for Tristan and, and having to move things around? Yeah, I thought Josh did a great job. He came in, he did give up one sack where just got caught on a bull rush. But, uh, you know, I thought he played a heck of a ball game because he was injured also and gutted it out. And, uh, but, yeah, Jensen, it didn't affect him. You know, that once the adrenaline gets going, it's, uh, it's different for him and those guys. But uh, overall, offensive line, it was a good day. It wasn't a great day, just too many sacks. So moving forward, how do you see replacing them if it's just one of them out, if it's both of them out? What are all the different combinations that could potentially come into play there? Yeah, a number of combinations. We could do Hainsey, who we trust, at center. We could start Alley at center and Stinney at guard. Um, we'll just see how the tackle plays out. And uh, it could be Josh or, or Tristan. Uh, how did you see Brady's game? And I mean, just such an incredibly efficient game and such a high completion rate in particular. Yeah, I think you hit it on the head. Very efficient. Mm -hmm. Very efficient game. They didn't come close to getting the ball. I mean, protected the ball, got it out of his hand quick. Great job by Tom and a really good game plan by Byron. And what went into your decision to keep him in the game uh, even when there was a pretty sizable lead late in it? Well, we're going to take him out and he scored. <laughs> <laughs> they were going to take him out again, and they scored. Yeah. And he wasn't coming out then. Very rude of them. <laughs> you know, so, yeah, all the plan was to get him out of there with about 10 minutes to go. And then on the defensive side of things, you know, we talked about how you facing the number one rushing offense in the league, and they only had 
35 rushing yards in the first half. How did you think that your defense overall handled both Jalen Hurts and then their just their rushing attack overall? Yeah, I thought it was outstanding. I think the guys took it to heart. They, they didn't hear enough about the run defense. All they kept hearing about was the run offense. Again, really good plan by Todd Bowles. And um, Jalen got out a couple of times on some options, which are really tough to defend. But we contained him most of the day. But the rest of the run game, uh, the front seven really stood up. What did you see that was so good from your defense, particularly early, and how that was different from last week? Yeah, everything we talked about pregame was third down. You, you get a good, you control the ball on offense, and then stop them on third down, which we haven't done in, in the last couple of games, is get off the field on third down. And a great job uh, getting off the field on third down those first few drives, and offense obviously answered. So it was really good team football. Um, Particularly, you know, Shaquille Barrett coming back, and he he made his presence known for sure. And maybe not quite with the sacks we're used to, but it, him out there looking like a DB, getting that tip ball to to the interception. Tell us about that play. Yeah, we had an inside blitz going, and uh, he did a great job of uh, suckering the tackle and then dropping right to the perfect spot and showed his athleticism getting up in the air. And he looked really great running when he after the catch. So I don't want to hear anything more about his injury. <laughs> Yeah, you're like, wait a minute. They, yeah, you look too good for that. What did, what did you see that you had missed most about having him out there and uh, why this Eagles team in particular was, was a good time to have him back? Yeah, just all those, all three of those guys, they, they mean so much to us leadership-wise and energy-wise. Uh, Levante especially, the calming influence he is uh, throughout a ball game. And, um, you know, it just picked up everybody's level of play. But when you have Shaq and JPP back, now you have a five-man rotation because Nelson – and Joe Tryon, they have earned their reps, and so has Cam Gill. And you talked about Levante elevating play. What is it that you think is about Levante being out there that elevates Devin, and, and was that the difference in Devin's play in this game? No, I think Devin just had a, a, a bet, much better game. I mean, Levante helps, that's for sure, but Kevin Minter's a, a very vocal guy too, so there's never any confusion. Devin took it to heart, and now it's one of his best games. And JPP, what did you see from him coming back after missing some time? Uh, got a lot of pressure on the quarterback, was chasing him around, good energy, and uh, exactly what we needed from him. And Mike Edwards, yet again, Mr. Like, super glue on the gloves, you know, and uh, I'd love to hear about that interception he got and, and that play and why it was so impressive from just a X's and O's of what he did standpoint, but then also how important it was to the game at that point. Oh, it's huge because it was 17 nothing. you know, they score right before half and they get the ball to come out the third quarter. That is the only way to get back in the game. And uh, they had a good drive going. Mike just made an unbelievable play, great read and great break on the quarterback. And uh, like I said, he's not going to drop it. And uh, did a good job of getting his feet down in the end zone. I was hoping he was not going to be stuck on the six inch yeah. line, but uh, did a great job. Heck of a big, big play in the game. Your other safety is also pretty big moments in the game. I know Jordan Whitehead had tackles for loss on two of the Eagles' first six plays, and Winfield gets a sack. So what did you see out of the two of them? Uh, I thought it was just all three of the safeties played outstanding. And uh, Todd had a mixing and matching down, back. Uh, you never know really what was coming. Uh, they blitzed well. They faked a blitz well. And, uh, you know, they, they tackled well. And then uh, how about your corners overall? I know Carlton had a couple pass breakups that were almost interceptions that I'm guessing you're going to say should have been interceptions. <laughs> yeah, we should have had three. We dropped three of them. Uh, but, no, Carlton was playing big. You know, his only mistake was taking his helmet off and getting that penalty. But, uh, you know, he and Dean, I, I just thought it was one of their better ball games. 
And then now you have uh, your next opponent. This is the first one of these shows where we uh, don't know who that is. <laughs> so exactly. Yes. Kind of throws a little wrinkle into Making my plans. Making us do a lot here. of work on money, that's for sure, breaking yeah. down two teams. I so. imagine. So that's what I was going to ask is how does this work? How do you guys try to um, divvy it up of what you typically would be doing on a Monday and how this throws a wrinkle into it? Yeah, well, normally we would have our run game done and our protection schemes done offensively, defensively, just putting the minor parts of the game plan together. So you've really got to do it for two teams. And uh, so that you're not just trying to do it all tomorrow. Then you're here late and you're going to be tired Wednesday. So, no, we'll work on it. We've, we've already broken down a bunch of it uh, Friday, last Friday and Saturday. So uh, it's a nuisance, but uh, we'll get through it. And is it helpful that you have at least already played one of the teams? But that was a very long time ago, so I'm yeah. sure a lot's different. It, it really is, but we, we played against Raheem's scheme a bunch of times, so it's, uh, it's not totally different. Uh, and, uh, and the Cardinals will do a little bit more work on them. And do you feel fortunate that now, no matter what, you're you're going to be facing a team that will be coming off a shorter week than you guys and having to fly all the way across the country? Is this the moment where you really are thanking the stars for that number two seed and just the way it even worked out of not facing the Cowboys? No doubt. No doubt, because we'd have been heading west. And uh, instead, uh, everybody's coming here so far. And uh, it's big. It really is. Have our fans and our excitement um, playing on Sunday at 3 o'clock. And then, yeah, t take us through, now that I know you have been working on the game plans for both the teams, the top things for, we'll start with Arizona, that you guys are really going to be focusing on on each side of the ball. Well, for them, it's containing Kyler Murray, you know, and their running game. They have a heck of a running game. Uh, they'll see some of the things that Jalen did. They'll see some of the things that Josh Allen did and try to incorporate it, I'm sure. But uh, he's a little bit different when he's out there in space because he can fly. And uh, so... Their weapons, they got great weapons. And uh, so, yeah, and then you got to know defensively for our offense, you got to know where Buda Baker is all the time because he is one heck of a player. Absolutely. And then now looking at the Rams, how much has changed for them since you played them and just how you think this matchup could be similar or different to them? Yeah, they've, they've lost a couple safeties, so it's a little bit different there. There's a big miscommunication in that Niners game. Where you, you could tell guys weren't back there in sync. Uh, but uh, still, Aaron Donald, Von Miller, it's a, it's a hell of a challenge. Well, Coach, thank you so much for your time. And again, congratulations on that win and good luck this next week. Appreciate it. This is Buccaneers Total Access brought to you by Advent Health. We'll have Rondé Barber coming up on the second half of the show. This is the Buccaneers Radio Network. Buccaneers Total Access brought to you by Advent Health. It's intercepted, picked off down the sideline, 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown Tampa Bay! Touchdown Buccaneers Jamal Dean! Now more with head coach Bruce Arians and Bucks team reporter Casey Phillips. Welcome back into Buccaneers Total Access brought to you by Advent Health. We had head coach Bruce Arians the first half of the show and now I am so excited to be joined by none other than future Hall of Famer Rondé Barber. We're speaking it into existence. That's what the show is all about. I like the way that sounds. I got to apologize at the top because my voice is weak. It's from all that <laughs> screaming at the Eagles game, right? This was a, this was a good long weekend, so yes. yeah. <laughs> I love, I'll, well, I'll blame it on that. I am honored that you would join us no matter what, especially when I know you did have a very busy weekend. So thank you for taking the time out to talk to us. And I know everyone is so excited to hear your thoughts on this Buccaneer team and this first playoff win. First of all, they showed you during the game on the video boards, and there's just nothing like rubbing in the Eagles' face. Is that fair? Um, <clears throat> there's very few things I get more pleasure in doing. <laughs> 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 no, uh, your guys did a really good job this week of making sure Philly fans understood the legacy of playoff matchup versus, the, I versus, like that. versus these Eagles. 
And fortunately for me, I was a big part of that. So, <laughs> so whenever they asked me to do the video board shoot or an, an extra film session this week, uh, just to highlight my, me terrorizing the Eagles, <laughs> I, I did not say no. Yeah, I bet you didn't. <laughs> I bet you didn't. That's amazing. Did you hear uh, some of the Philly fans' reactions who were there? Could you could you hear that in, in real time? I wasn't there when, it, when that happened. But I remember, Casey, I don't know if you'll remember this, when I was still playing, I think one of my milestone games was against Philly. <clears throat> and it was the only time I've ever been booed in that stadium. That <laughs> <laughs> was <like>, typical. <laughs> You're it's like, typical. man, this is a new sound here for me. <laughs> uh, they, um, they, they have fanatical fans, you know. Pat them on the back. They love their sports teams. So. I actually, I was looking to see the reaction when you were up there. I tried to find, you know, a few of the Eagles fans to look at. And I saw one of them actually clapping for you. Let's see? And I was like, look at the universal appeal of Rondé Barber. If he can make even an Eagles yes. fan recognize his greatness, that's Re saying res something. Respect after all this time. After that's, all this it's time. It's only been 20 years. Yeah, that <laughs> seems about how long it would take this thing to get a little bit less. I love that. Well, uh, Mike Edwards was, was trying to do his best uh, Rondé impression in, in that game. Uh, you know, I mean, first of all, we know this guy. All he does is get interceptions. Yeah. It's it's the craziest thing per snap he plays. I, it is outrageous. Uh, what did you find most impressive about that play in particular, the importance of it in the game, and then just yeah. why Mike Edwards is the guy who has super glue on his hands? I'm not sh sure why he always finds the ball, but um, there are players like that, that when they get their opportunity, they know they have one thing to do, and he goes and finds it. That play in particular. Um, Jalen Hurts was doing Jalen Hurts type things, right? He's scrambling, getting out of the pocket, running away from five guys. And if you pause the game, I went back and watched it last night. If you pause the game, right when he lets go of that ball, it's a touchdown. And then out of, out of nowhere, um, Mike comes all the way across, you know, from the safety. But then you go back and look where Mike came from. It almost looked like he wanted him to throw that football. Mm. And he, he did not know if he was just baiting. I just think he knew that if uh, Jalen Hurts escaping to his left, trying to square up and throw back to that corner, he was going to intercept it. And so, I mean, he made a hard play look pretty easy to me, actually. Yeah, I mean, there was even some old toe drag swag yeah. as a DB uh. in there. And then, I mean, it felt like at that point in the game, of course, the Bucks already had a pretty decent lead. But yeah. if they get a touchdown there. <laughs> I feel like it's a pretty different game. Well, you hate to say it's a momentum game, but, you know, defense was playing so well all, all game long. Any score would have felt like uh, a little bit of a letdown, right? And, um, you know, they're, they're a team that gets a little streaky. I've watched them a couple times this year. They get streaky. They start controlling the clock, run the heck out of the football. They have five, five different guys that can run the football, quarterback included. Um, so the stop was important, even if it was just for a field goal, in my opinion. Um, but to get the turnover, take away, and then, you know, going 17 nothing that was, to me, that was the end of the football game. They, they just didn't have enough. You could tell they didn't have enough offense to match. The storyline going into this game was it's going to be windy. There might be a little rain here and there. So obviously the advantage goes to the number one overall rushing offense, particularly when you think the Bucks aren't going to have Fournette or Rojo. That that, that was the storyline over and over and over going into the game. Why did that not come to be? Um, it's a good question. You know, what, you know what the wind did affect was my golf game that morning. <laughs> <laughs> I played awful <laughs> in the morning. 
because uh, it was galing, and I and a bunch of people I was playing golf with. It was a, it was a big group. It was 24 of us. We're only saying that. That was their narrative. Got to be able to run the football. Uh, windy day. Who knows what the weather is going to be like? Look what we're, look what we're playing through. But in reality, the Bucks have never been a team that has been cornered into having to run the football. They find other ways to run the football, whether it's quick screens, whether it's uh, jet, jet sweeps now with, with, with Scotty Miller. Um, and to be honest with you, the first play of the game was a gash run. Keyshawn Vaughn had an 11 or 12-yard run the first play of the game. So I think not, not that that set the tone, but at least let Philly know that, well, yeah, we can do this. We can do that too. And there's been games this year we outrushed Indianapolis, who has the best rushing running back in the NFL. Uh, there was two or three other games that I remember hitting the 100-yard mark and feeling like we ran with a purpose. And so um, you, you ask yourself, why do we not do that? Because we don't have to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Essentially, we don't have to. There's, there's the greatest quarterback that's ever played football. He has, you know, on a day like la- on uh, this playoff game, he has three great targets, normally he has five or six. Um, and he, we just let him do what he's good at. Um, I think that was Philly's game plan. They want to shorten the clock. You know, they want to uh, hold the ball, hold possession. They weren't able to do it. And then when they had to go back and throw the football, they couldn't. They couldn't. Not because, or not necessarily because our defense played great. It's just they don't have the quarterback to make plays in a windy day like Tom Brady is. It's just the difference. It's it's a simple answer to a kind of a. You know, an obvious question, why don't you run the ball on a bad day? Sometimes you don't have to. We're talking to Bucks legend Rondé Barber, and uh, the Bucks had been known for their rush defense ever since Bowles and the staff yeah. got in here. But in recent weeks, it has been gashed for more yards than they like to give up than they had been giving up. Now, of course, they were down some very key pieces who mm-hmm. were able to come back this last week. But looking at what they've done recently, what the Eagles had done all year in terms of that. How did you feel like this defense handled their rush overall and specifically Jalen Hurts? Yeah, the last two weeks especially, Carolina, the week 17 or 18, I guess, um, they they were able to run football and, you know, pretty significantly. I'll say two key players made made the difference to me. Obviously, Levante David, um, his ability to scrape and find a football and then make tackles is – unparalleled really to me in me. I haven't seen a guy that's able to do that like he does. Maybe Derek Brooks. Um, but he makes Devin White better. I, I, I noticed that when I watch a film. And then the other guys is Jason Pierre-Paul. Um, um, I know he's a, has a lot of sacks. He gets the quarterback. But one thing that he has always done really well is hold up on the edge. And you put uh, Joe out there and you put Anthony Nelson out there. They're just not quite the same guy yet. Just maybe just because physically they're not the same guy. Um, but when you book in your outside linebacker with number 90, it changes the way teams have to try to run at you. Um, that being said, we still finished in third in the league in rush defense. It's, not it's, too shabby. it's pretty hard to do, <clears throat> especially when teams know they only want to run against you. Um, I'll, I'll say, uh, looking at this team the past couple of weeks, especially since uh, Carlton Davis came back, it's hard to throw on, on, on us now. And then uh, you throw in the fact that we always have ability to create pressure. I mean, how many times did, uh, uh, how many times did Antoine Winfield blitz yesterday? Mm-hmm. I mean, he started at nickel uh, in this game, which got to highlight his versatility, first of all. 
Um, but we'll find ways to get pressure on the quarterback. But if you have guys that can cover in the secondary, I think Carlton's a big part of that. It takes takes away your ability to just say, I'm, I'm just going to throw on this team like everybody was saying earlier in the year. And so you couple that with key guys back uh, on the rush defense, it, 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 I think this game was in hand before it even started. And of course, we love talking to you about the secondary and the DBs. And this year in particular, what a crazy amount of storylines yeah. we've had in that area. Yeah. We thought we were so close to actually having the entire yeah. starting defense. We were just so close. It's not happened for a single snap all year long because Jordan Whitehead still wasn't back for the first game right. of the year. So what have you seen of the ability of this defense and particularly the secondary to have the kind of year they've had playing a smorgasbord of yeah, people. Yeah, that's it's it's always hard playing, especially in the secondary without continuity. Because I'd say ninety percent, eighty percent of uh, team defense is communication, and if you don't have it, even if it's it, most of it's nonverbal communication, right? It's you have your calls and your checks, whatever. Um, but the nonverbal communication that comes along that comes along with playing every single game or snap or practice or whatever together, it's you, you can't recreate it. And so when you put new bodies in there, it inherently is different, right? And um, when Carl, when uh, I'm sorry, when uh, when uh, Jordan came back, I I immediately saw an uptick, mm. right? And then obviously Sean gets hurt week one. And Carlton gets hurt week, whatever he gets hurt. And you're putting in guys that, you know, I'm having to look up. You know, I covered him in the preseason. I'm like, who, who, who exactly is, is yeah. Dee Delaney? Desir? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, these, these names that I'm, you just don't know. You can tell that they don't have the same type of continuity as those other guys certainly will. Um, but you, you, you give the, the, our coaches credit. Give Ross credit. Give Cody credit. Give, um, 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 God, who's our other one? Um, blanking on his name right now. But give him credit because they put him in position to make plays. And the defense had to adjust, right? It, the way that the defense played at the end of the, end of the year this year was different because Carlton was able to, to play a lot more man-to-man coverages. Mm. We, we, we didn't do that earlier in the year mm. just because we didn't want to put our guys in position to fail. Yeah. That's, and that, that's smart. Todd Bowles has to make those decisions. Uh, but it certainly affects the way the defense plays. And But since it's starting to get more healthy and guys are starting to play together, it's looking a little bit more like it looked at the end of last year, and that's a good thing. Yeah, that's absolutely a good thing. All right, we're going to have more coming up here with Bucks legend Rondé Barber on Buccaneers Total Access. Brought to you by Advent Health, this is the Buccaneers Radio Network. You're listening to Buccaneers Total Access. Hot ball! Touchdown Tampa by Antonio Brown! Brought to you by Advent Health. What an answer by Brady in the box! With head coach Bruce Arians and Bucks insider Casey Phillips. Welcome back into Buccaneers Total Access, brought to you by Advent Health. I am honored to be joined by Bucks legend Rondé Barber. We were just talking about the DBs, and of course, we also got to talk about that defensive front a little bit more. Vita Vea gets his new contract. Uh, what have you? Yeah, I mean the fist pump. Exactly the fist pump. We are so pumped to have that guy staying here long term. What have you seen from him getting to be healthier finally yeah. for the majority of the year and yeah. what he has meant, the recognition he's finally yeah. getting around the league and, and, and the D-line overall around him? I would say I'll just start with Vita because he's been one of my favorite players since he's got here. He's a gentle giant. He's a great personality. Um, he seems like he's fun to be around. He seems like a guy I would have loved to have had on my, my football teams back in the day. Um, but I think 
his reputation across the league is already solidified. Guys I talk to outside of the building acknowledge that he's a problem. He's you can't move him with two guys. If you don't double team in a run game, you're not running the football. Um, and over the, I'd say probably last year and a half, maybe even two years, you start to see him developing into a lot better rusher. He's got more moves. He's got more counters um, to, to go along with, <clears throat> you know, just his complete use of brute strength, <laughs> you know, to get yeah. through people. Um, but people understand that. Um, that, that of, of interior defensive linemen, in, inside of a 3-4 defense, that nose tackle position, I don't think there's a better one in the league. Um, and I'd have to I'd have to go through a, a, a short list to, to say who's even in the same conversation. Um, now, that being said, having a guy like Adamakin next to him, having a guy like Will Golson on the other side, those interior defensive ends in a 3-4, those, those guys uh, complement him as good as anybody in football. And, and I don't even know how old Adamakin Sue is now. Um, but he um, he's still playing at a high level. I think he's produced the most sacks he's had in his career since his first five years in the league. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what it is. But he's been very productive. Um, and then Will's just, he's the, he's the complement in the other way. He's an anchor. You know, he's a run stopper. He's a big body. And when he starts contributing sacks, you're like, okay. Yeah. I remember there was a game three weeks ago. Uh, our defensive linemen, our interior defensive linemen, those three had four sacks. And it just it tells you how far we've come because obviously we, we rely so much on Shaq Barrett on the edge, JPP on the edge, Joe Tryon will get there. Anthony Nelson's had a breakout year. He went through five games where he had a sack in each of them. Um, that, that says a lot about you know the quality and the depth up there. And you got to like the future. Shaq's here for a long time. Who knows how long JPP plays. But with those, those, those guys that have rotated in, I, I mean, I love our defensive front. It's, it's one of the better ones in football. Not only, not, only, not only stopping the run, third again, but getting at the passer. There's, I think, what, were we fifth in the league? You should know this, Casey. We're fifth in the league in sacks. I think we had 41 sacks, which is uh, somewhere in the top five. Um, they're uh, it's a good unit, man. It starts there. Every good defense starts with those four or five guys up front. We're talking to Bucks legend Rondé Barber, and I feel like the one guy on defense we haven't really talked about as much yet is Shaq Barrett. First of all, he got that tipped interception. I know. That was a crazy that play. That may or may not show up on film session Ooh, tomorrow. what a tease. What a tease. So <laughs> tell me about what you saw when we were without him and what his presence has meant, and then just the fact that he is a guy that now has produced double-digit sacks multiple yeah. years in a row. I mean, the production he's shown, especially yeah. in getting to the quarterback in his years here, is incredible. Yeah. Well, the thing that Shaq offers that uh, none of our other guys quite do is, is that uh, that versatility, that ability to drop into coverage. He looks like a stand-up linebacker. Um, just his body type, he looks like a, like a stack linebacker, not a line, not not an edge, as they're calling them now. They didn't call them that when I was playing. But these edge linebackers, these outsized linebackers, usually a little longer. Uh, maybe much bigger. He looks more like, uh, you know, he's built more like uh, Levante and uh, and Devin White than he is JPP and Anthony Nelson and Joe Tryon. Um, <clears throat> um, but that being said, uh, I remember for his first year here, I remember watching him in training camp and wondering what's so special about this guy. And I didn't know. I had no idea. I didn't watch him in Denver. Um, I, I, talking to John Spitek, who was there in Denver when they drafted him, he was like, just wait, man. Like, this guy's got some stuff. He never got, he never got any film because uh, yeah, Bradley Chubb Von and Von Miller, you know, he never got, any, he never, he got 10 snaps a game. 
And then preseason was this really kind of nondescript. And then the regular season started, and I saw uh, like uh, a smorgasbord of pass rush moves that told me that he is way more polished of rusher. Yeah, not a one-trick pony. No, he is not just a speed guy. He's not just a, uh, a counter guy. He has uh, uh, speed to power. He has uh, spin moves. He has up and unders. Uh, he has that, uh, I don't even know what to call it. It's that like a double skip where he's kind of up in the air and he chops <laughs> down on the offensive tackle's arm and he's by him. Um, he, uh, he's, he's got a Rolodex of moves, man, and that's what makes him so productive as an edge rusher. Um, and two years ago, uh, you know, production was off the charts. Last year, he had a pretty good year. This year, you know, when we needed him, he had a really productive year. So having him in the lineup uh, changes the way offenses have to approach us because you have to account for him. And whenever, whenever uh, you know, you see a back kind of leaning to that side, you, you can guarantee that somebody else is going to get a one-on-one. That's what you want. That's all you want. You want somebody to have a one-on-one ability to win. And uh, five can't block, you know, six can't block uh, five if two, if two of them are blocking mm-hmm. one person. So that's, um, he's, he's, a, he's a blessing, man. Um, I, you know, I'm, I'm happy for him, too. And you know, you guys, these guys that get drafted midway through the, through the, uh, through the draft, uh, very low expectations, you know, and, and let, I'm, I'm talking this because I'm, I'm one of those guys. Um, you're not a first-round draft pick. Nobody knows exactly what your production should or could be. Uh, and then you go blow them out of the water. It's awesome. It's, it's awesome to see him succeed. Um, so, yeah, we're better with him. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad he got to rest for a month because we're going to need him for the next four weeks. Yeah, and speaking of that, we saw how important the Bucks defense was last year particularly in the Super Bowl, but even getting to the Super Bowl. And after having so many injuries all year, it looks like hopefully things are finally coming together at the right time, getting healthy at the right time. And now, of course, it looks like there are more injury concerns on the offensive side. So looking at that, not knowing exactly what that's going to be moving forward, do you see this defense in its current form right now being able to be the kind of defense that can win you a Super Bowl if they need to? Absolutely. Absolutely. is there, are there better defenses in the NFL right now? Absolutely. Buffalo's defense is hell to deal with. <laughs> they are really good. <laughs> like, really, really good <laughs> when, I, when I put them on. Um, but <clears throat> that being said, we've been there. You know, playoff football is very different than regular season football. Um, I know a lot of people want to say it's just one game or whatever else. But there's, there's a lot more precision and there's a lot more that has to go right, a lot more focus that has to happen in the playoffs that happen in, in any week 10 or 15 or week two game in the NFL. Um, um, this team having been there should understand the hyper-focus that's necessary. Um, I, I don't think there's any question that in, when the playoffs start, you know, you're great players, you know, you're Levantes, you're JPPs, you know, he's got a history of it. You know, you're Carlton Davises of the world. Uh, you're Jordan Whiteheads, who's, who to me is like probably the best player on defense. I hate to say that, but when I put the film on, he looks like the best player on defense a lot of the time. And last week's game, this Philly game, he looked just like I expected him to look because he was hyper-focused. He made a bunch of splash plays early in the game. And, 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 and when the playoffs start, those plays have to happen. They have to be consistently there or you don't win or you get beat. Some One little play will beat you. Um, so I, I like our chances because we've been there and we got, we got the type of players that understand what it's going to take. 
So now looking at the offensive side of things and particularly now the injury questions that I'm sure everyone is um, probably most concerned about today would be the offensive line. This is the one unit yeah. that had been essentially immune to injuries this year yeah. compared to everybody else. And then you have both Tristan Wirfs and Ryan Jensen go down. Ryan, of course, doesn't end up really missing a snap, but you don't yeah. know how that'll feel you know, in the days moving forward. So. Tell me what you'd seen from this offensive line all year long and then what those two guys in particular, depending on their injury situation, what that would mean yeah, moving forward. Yeah, it's different. Um, I've seen the same thing that you've seen, same thing that pro football writers have seen. There's a reason uh, Tristan, Ryan, and Allie are all, are all pro, are pro Bowl players. They are, they're, this, this offensive line has given up the least amount of sacks in the NFL on a team that has thrown by far the most passes in the NFL. It's incredible. Um, um, and it, this just speaks to how um, much of a unit these guys play. Um, I remember a couple of years ago, I was a little un unsure um, about how all how they would all gel. Um, um, I, when we drafted Tristan last year, I, I, you could tell quickly that he was going to be the best right tackle in football. And I think he's already the best right tackle in football. I think anybody will disagree with that. Alex Kappa had a ways to go. And, it, you know, if you're looking for a weak link, you're saying, oh, it's Alex Kappa. Alex Kappa got really good last year. And and then we got hurt. And, and Stenny came in and played the, the latter part of the year. But Alex Kappa has looked good this year. And... I, you take that and add it to what we have on the left side of the offensive line, which has probably been our rock for the longest amount of time with Allie and Donovan over there and, and Ryan. And it's not difficult to see why the, why we succeed, why Tom Brady has so much success throwing the football. Um, he very rarely gets hurt. That being said, he did get sacked four times last <laughs> week, but who's counting? Yeah, Playoff stats don't count, <laughs> really. Um, um, but I, I, I was worried about I was worried about the development of Donovan Smith at one point. I was worried about uh, whether or not Allie could really turn into the mauler that he's obviously turned into. Yep. And I, I, had, I had heard from people from Baltimore that Ryan Jensen wasn't quite as good as he, he everybody thinks he is. Well, they were all wrong, <laughs> including myself. That offensive line is awesome. They're coached well. Uh, they played with a nasty attitude. And very much like on the other side of the ball, if you're not winning up there, you're not winning football games. Um, whether you're a running team or whether you're a passing team, it's those five guys that are most important on your team. So to answer your question, Casey, that was a that was a freaking five-minute prelude to answer your question. But without Tristan Worse, this offense will have to be different. Mm -hmm. I mean, I love Josh Wells. He's got a lot of versatility. He's played tight end for us on many occasions. But just in those two and a half quarters that he had to play in, the, in that Philly game, you could, you, there's a drop-off. There is. Now, does that put a lot of pressure on him? Yes, but it also should put a lot of pressure on Byron to come up with solutions to how to deal with that because that can't be a problem because it hasn't been a problem all year. And if that becomes a problem for this team, then, you start, then you're starting to look at reasons why we don't win. Now, hopefully Tristan's, is, I guess it's a high ankle sprain. If I was guessing, it looked like a high ankle sprain just from my 16 years of getting hurt <laughs> it looked like a high ankle sprain maybe he's able to come back he didn't look good when he came back tried to come back to the game but um uh i think i think byron and them and and, and these offensive line coaches will find ways to kind of help out that right tackle jensen i think he'll be okay 
Yeah, he's, he's, a, a, he's a toughest sucker on the, tough on the dude. football team. Man. Tough dude. All right, well, we still have one more segment coming up here on Buccaneers Total Access brought to you by Advent Health. This is the Buccaneers Radio Network. Buccaneers Total Access with head coach Bruce Arians now continues. Brought to you by Advent Health. Welcome back into our final segment here on Buccaneers Total Access brought to you by Advent Health. We have Bucks legend Rondé Barber with us. We talked about the offensive line right before the break. I want to now talk about the offensive weapons and what you think about how this offense will look moving forward when you're without Chris Godwin and now you're without Antonio Brown and then we don't know exactly how Fournette and Rojo are going to look moving yeah. forward. Depending on their availability and then your weapons overall on offense now, how do you see this looking moving forward? I mean, I don't want to sound too hyperbolic, but all we need is Gronk and Mike Evans. Yep. <laughs> Casey, you can go play the other wide receiver. Perfect. <laughs> I'll do it for real cheap. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Perriman played, played well since he's come in. Uh, Cyril was having like a, a little breakout before he pulled his hamstring. Th th those type of injuries hurt, but you have Scotty, Scotty Miller still. You know, he's got playoff experience. Uh, he's, he's our best running back right now, apparently. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I said that twice. This, this thing. Um, but we have, we have options. I, I, I trust those other guys down the line. And the reality uh, of it, of the situation, is that we've kind of been here before, if you're Bucks fans. You've, you've been in an offense where Mike Evans was it, where he was the only guy that you were throwing to. When, when Jameis was here and before we got Chris Godwin, it was Mike Evans, and he delivered. And since, and since uh, Chris has gotten hurt, I hope he's better. I saw him in the locker room after the game. He looked, seemed in good spirits. Um, um, but um, since he's gotten hurt, since uh, 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 Chris has been hurt, Mike Evans has delivered second in the league in touchdown receptions. I, I don't think anybody outside of this building would have known that. Because mm. I, I, when I was looking it yeah. up at the end of the season, he had 14, Cooper Cup had 16. That's I was always like, how it feels with Mike, though, right. is that the it, inside, right. that the Tampa people know and that somehow he doesn't get that credit everywhere it, It's else. unbelievable. I don't, I don't think people be believe how good of a receiver he is. And it, it, I think that it's largely not his fault because we have so many weapons. Mm. The ball does spread itself around and Gronk commands so much attention from the quarterback because he's almost always easy to get him the football um, but a thousand thousand yard year again consecutively I mean, it's it's ridiculous what, he, what he's accomplished in his career and, and he still produces when he needs to you can't cover a man to man if I was a DB if I was a corner and and money in back in the day and money said all right you're playing cover one or cover three or whatever and you got Mike Evans I was like um, money Get ready to call the next defense after he catches this one because you can't cover him. You can't cover him one-on-one. -on -one. Um, so I, I, I'm okay with, with, uh, with our injury situation there. Uh, hopefully these guys are able to stay healthy for the next three weeks. I mean, I, I don't even know who's down the line after, after Perriman and after, uh, after Scotty Miller. Um, you know, obviously there's, there's guys that have been here all year, but none of them have played, and that's, that, that's a little scary. But that does put pressure on, puts more pressure on Mike, as I'm saying, puts more pressure on Gronk. Uh, it, to me, it's going to put a little bit more pressure on our ability to run the ball, or our willingness to run the football. Um, I think Keyshawn Vaughn's looked good in his opportunities. You need one of those two other guys to come back. Just suck it up. <laughs> Whatever it takes, man. It's three, three, you got three more games, right? You got three more games. Hopefully Lenny's back this week. I know he practiced much of last week, and, uh, but didn't come off the IR. 
but I, I think you get one of those two guys back. I think we'll be all right. Geo's back. He offers an option as a re receiver out of the backfield. He can play in the slot if you need to. Um, so I, th I think we'll be all right, Casey. And so we will close with the most important question of our time here. How are you feeling when you are less than a month away from knowing whether or not you will be in the Hall of Fame? And I, I believe the committee meets tomorrow. Yes. So this is, you know, this is our last ditch effort here in terms of, I'm assuming all the committee members listen to this show. Yes. So uh, tell, <laughs> and that this is, this is our final uh, plea here. But tell me how, how you're feeling about it and uh, do, you, do you think this is the year and, and just overall what it would mean to you? I think, I think everybody who's a finalist thinks this year is their year. Yeah. Right? I mean, it has to, you have to think that way. But I don't approach it any different than I have any of the other years. Um, you know, last year was going to be difficult because there was three legit, legitimate first time, first ballot in the Hall of Famers, Peyton, Charles Woodson, mm -hmm. and uh, Calvin Johnson. They were all three were going in. Uh, Lynch goes in after waiting eight years. Um, uh, Alan Fanica goes in after waiting eight years as a finalist. You know, it was pretty hard to, to get in. So last year was my first year as a finalist, second year as a finalist. I would say, Casey, that my resume is pretty unmatched. Mm -hmm. It's hard for me to believe that the voters in, in the right situation can't look at my body of work and think that it's somewhat historical. It's no one's ever done it. No one's ever gonna do it again. Um, it's uh, it's too hard to to create some of the opportunities that I get. Um, I've been talking to Ira a lot, Ira Kaufman a lot about this. Um, you know, his biggest thing is my 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 availability. 15 straight years without missing a game. Uh, a lot of people say players can get into the Hall of Fame on short careers because of the because of the exceptionalness of their of their of their uh, of their of their career, uh, but. To have an exceptionally long career and be exceptional over all those years, uh, it should speak for something. Only only three guys have more non-offensive touchdowns than me in NFL history, and the, all three of those guys returned kicks. I was the only one that wasn't, uh, and that's Devin Hester, Dion, and, and Rod Woodson. So yeah, I think I'm in pretty good company. <laughs> yeah, um, I would say so. I think the uniqueness of what I did as a player shouldn't be overshadowed, and. I, I know, and I've talked, talked a little bit about this early in the show, based on your draft pick and what people's perceptions of you, they don't really want to believe you are what you are. But there's one thing that never lies, and that's the tape. And whenever anybody, anybody who saw me play understood what kind of player I was, and I, I think it's a pretty solid Hall of Fame resume. I could not agree more, and I know everybody here in Tampa knows that, and that you are Hall of Fame both on and off the field, which is the most important thing. So Rondé, thank you as always for joining us. It was an honor to have you and we cannot wait to watch them hopefully all come to their senses and put you in the Hall of Fame this year. Thank you, Casey. Sorry for my raspy voice. Oh, well, a raspy Rondé <laughs> is still better than anyone else we could have on this show. All right, well, that is gonna do it for us on this edition of Buccaneers Total Access brought to you by Advent Health. We'll see you guys next week. This is the Buccaneers Radio Network.